Welcome to The New Beyond, a podcast that invites listeners to learn how to not only think outside the box, but learn how to live outside it. The New Beyond is a place in consciousness that lies beyond ideas of normal and abnormal. It's a place where the new comfort zone has much more to do with your willingness to play big and be uncomfortable while you're learning how to navigate this brave new world. Hello, I'm Dr. Judith Rich, an octogenarian, coach, and author of the best-selling book, Beyond the Box. The new beyond invites us to go farther and deeper than you ever thought you could go. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Each of us can build. Each of us can teach and reach inside. We can guide. And what we leave is up to each of us. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The New Beyond. I'm your host, Judith Rich, and I'm excited to welcome my guest this week on the podcast, Dr. Kelly Rutley. As a graduate of Palmer College of Chiropractic, Kelly has been a National Board Certified Doctor of Chiropractic for 18 years. She is also a former fitness trainer and fitness competitor. Is that like bodybuilder type thing? Yes, that was back in the um, early 90s, Judith. It was called bodybuilding. Now they're fitness competitions. All right, all right. Since then, Kelly has created group wellness retreats online and in person, as well as VIP immersive experiences all over the world. She provides health and weight loss focused retreats and workshops for clients in both the U.S. and in Baja, Mexico, which I might add is where Kelly is as we speak, having just gone through (laughs) hurricane category two hurricane Norma. Dr. Kelly is the formulator of the fat loss and health optimization protocols used in the KR international programs and has been a feminine fat loss specialist since 2010, having coached thousands of people to release thousands of pounds. That's a lot of weight in groups and privately. Kelly's mission is to help people experience healthy weight loss, excellent fitness and extraordinary health inside a container that is, get this, fun, celebratory, and I love this part, truly sustainable. Uh Yay, Kelly, welcome to the (laughs) New Beyond. I'm so excited. We finally get to have this conversation. Oh, I'm so happy to be here with you, Judah. Thank you so much. Yes, I I am talking to you and here in Baja, California, and it's actually the morning after Hurricane Otis just slammed into Acapulco as a Category 5 hurricane. So, um, yeah, today is a good day to talk to you, Judith Rich. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always a good day to talk to you, Kelly Rutley. <laughs> so, you know, you and I were having a conversation before we started recording, and there was so much good stuff that came forward in that conversation. I said, stop, stop. Let me get, let me start recording and let's get this down. Yeah. But the thing that you were saying 
if you don't mind, if we just jump right in there and we'll kind yeah. of dance our way to whatever wants to come forward from there, because you were talking about dancing with fear. Mm-hmm. And if there's someone that I look at and regard as fearless, it would be you. Because you are a woman who dares, and that is one of your offerings. Uh, mm-hmm. That's kind of a main theme. Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit, She Who Dares. Uh, you are, if there's anyone I know that is a woman who dares, it is you. And yet, you just acknowledge that you are dancing with fear. So mm-hmm. I want to kind of get in underneath that. What's going on, Miss Kelly, Dr. Kelly? Yeah. Well, you know, and Judith, you and I have had some very deep conversations about the universe <laughs> and it's all of its powers and, and, and what we can create and manifest and, you know, all of those like esoteric types we of have, things. Indeed. Yeah. Yes. And so um, this year, as I shared with you, I probably shared with you months ago that um are the retreats that I lead are for either individuals, uh, teams, groups, uh, families. They're wellness-based retreats, but you know the front door has always been weight loss, right? Because with my my chiropractic background, that's that's what I you know that was what I always have led with. And then I had a one of my mentors ask me. Um, she said what do you really do with people? Like, what do people really, really get from working with you? So the weight loss is the very surface level. Mm -hmm. And then health optimization is underneath that, right? And then um, emotional well-being and da-da-da-da, all those things. So we drilled down. And, you know, this took a bit. It took a minute to get to it. We got down to what what people really get from working with me is bravery and courage. And so when we got to that, I immediately realized, okay, I want to rebrand my retreats. They are now called, instead of breakthrough retreats, they're called She Dares and They Dare. No sooner did I declare that, Judith, (laughs) (laughs) that I, you know, I'm in Cabo and I, I rented a house here for 12 months so that I could go back and forth and do events and retreats here because, you know, people can't always get to Tahoe and very often there are big snowstorms. Yeah. And those big snowstorms scare me. Right. So this is what's kind of ironic. I thought I was escaping that fear by coming to Cabo. (laughs) And sure enough, I just (laughs) went through Nora, excuse me, Norma by myself Mm -hmm. in a house that is not mine in a community where I know no one. Mm. And then last night, uh, Hurricane Otis, uh, as I said, you know, slammed the coast uh, at a Cat 5, which is is pretty scary. That's a big hurricane. Yeah. So all morning, it, and it's, it's no coincidence that you and I are talking today. I realized, like, sure enough, like, that's what happens when you say yes to Judith Rich's podcast. You know, you're going to, you're going to go deep and you may not be where you, (laughs) you're going to be uncomfortable at the very least. Yeah. It may not be where you wanted to be, but it's going to be where you needed to be. But, um, so all morning I've been dancing with fear Mm -hmm. and really thinking about, you know, we talk about, you know, um, 
feel the fear and do it anyway. Well, that applies when you're doing things like, oh, I'm starting a new business, right? Or starting a new podcast or writing a book or getting into a new relationship or getting out of, you know, those things, right? And we talk about fear and we use that acronym all the time, false evidence appearing real. Yeah. Well, it's one thing to face that kind of fear. And it's another thing to dance with real fear, like healthy fear, like the kind that tells you do not run towards the hurricane, run <laughs> away from the hurricane. So this morning when I, um, I have uh, kids in Scandinavia, so, you know, the news that they get is like, oh my God, hurricane hits Mexico. Kelly's in Mexico. You know, are you okay? I get, mm-hmm. yeah, I had all kinds of Facebook messages from people asking me if I'm okay. And I felt my heart racing. And as I'm right now, I'm actually sweating while I'm talking to you about this. Um, You know, fear is a healthy and necessary experience. Yeah. I think what we've just gotten hung up is that, you know, we have been, you know, we are not designed for the levels of stress that we're living under. And so I think what's happened, Judith, is like, we don't know the difference anymore. Mm. between legitimate, healthy, run from the hurricane, don't run towards it, fear, mm-hmm. versus um, I'm scared to write a book because I'm afraid to use my voice, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I like to talk yeah. a lot about bravery and courage because bravery, I believe, is that thing that we all have that we're born with, right? You're born to be brave, not born to be stupid, but born to be brave. Yeah. Um, And courage is taking the step into your bravery and doing something that makes you uncomfortable. So there's a difference between being uncomfortable and being afraid. Sure. Yeah. And I just think it's such a, I just think it's a valuable conversation because I think we are so, our nervous systems have taken such a brutal hit Mm -hmm. over the last five to, especially the last five years that we physiologically respond to things that are uncomfortable with an overreactive sympathetic yeah. response. Yeah. And we underreact when things are truly scary and like legitimately something to fear, right? Like we numb. And so we, when you say legitimate things to fear, yeah. you're talking about things like physical or physical threats, like a hurricane is a physical threat as opposed to a kind of existential threat, like I'm afraid to write my book because I'm afraid to use my voice. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that, yes. So I'm, I, so I've been dancing with it this morning because now I'm really aware of, wow, like this is what real fear feels like, <laughs> you know, yeah. booking a flight yeah. to leave Mexico on Saturday because... I would rather not have my nervous system be yeah. hyper-stimulated like yes. this. Yes, um, yes. And I just think, what if we could, you know, and I watch, I've been watching animals. You know, there's a lot of birds around. There's mm-hmm. cats and dogs, all kinds of animals here in Baja that you can watch. And they don't seem to be suffering the way that we are with fear. Meaning, yeah, well, they probably don't. They're they're not meaning making machines like we are. Here, thank you. I was like, when are you going to interrupt me, Judith? Please, thank you. <laughs> yeah, 
well, because we make up because we make up meaning about everything, and so we craft mm-hmm. stories, and then we get sucked into the energy of the story and fear. You know, we go down a rabbit hole. Whereas I don't think, I don't know for sure, but I don't think animals do that. (laughs) No, clearly they don't. I was watching a pair of doves on a tree and this was like, you know, probably eight hours before the hurricane was supposed to make landfall here. And I'm pacing, you know, I'm pacing like a chained up animal inside the, the house and I'm making sure I have water and I'm preparing and I'm like basically pacing. And I was watching these two doves sitting on a tree limb and they're like, you got eight hours, sister. Like, we're good. You know, <laughs> what are you doing in there? <laughs> I was like, they're not afraid. Like, they'll take care of, they'll handle what they need to handle when they need to handle it. But here I am, like, overly prepared and thinking well, I can go. So here's it. It's about control, isn't it? Well, I was thinking, you know, for an animal, every moment they're faced with survival or they're faced with threat of extinction. If you're an animal, any moment could be your last, right? So, so they're wired for, for survival. And so, and we're not, um, but what I, what I'm hearing you say is that because our nervous systems are so hyper stimulated, uh, we have kind of crossed over into a state of existential threat that Mm -hmm. has us in a state of survival. And I'm wondering, do you have any thoughts about the pandemic? Uh, Do you think the pandemic has played a role in this, um, our overreactivity to things? Because this certainly was a game changer for people. Yeah. I do. And I think, um, you know, I think back to 9-11, actually, uh, as being the first moment that I can say that I really experienced, like, what real fear feels like. Um, Our daughter was one month old. And I was sitting, uh, nursing her. And again, I was was told you that we have kids in Scandinavia. And our son had left a message. This is when we had... um, voice, uh, you know, answering machines Mm -hmm. back (laughs) in the day, back in the day, answering machines. And, um, he said, dad, Kelly, dad, Kelly, you've got to watch the news. The twin towers are gone. So he's in, in Stockholm. So we turned on the news and I'm sitting there and I'm nursing our youngest daughter, Eve. And I'm realizing, my God, we are raising this beautiful young baby we're going to be raising her in a completely different world yeah. than we were living in yesterday. Yeah. Um, so I think it started then. And then absolutely the pandemic was very, I think the pandemic was very confusing uh, for most people. I mean, this was the first time we really faced something collectively as a species that right. was threatening. Right. Well, right. actually it's not the first time I take that back in our life, our lifetime. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this was different because there was, there was the confusion factor, right? Don't be afraid. Don't wear a mask. You know, this isn't real versus be afraid, wear a mask. This is real. Protect yourself. So I think the confusion creates so much cognitive dissonance Mm -hmm. and cognitive dissonance is, 
extremely stressful for us as an, as organisms. Yeah. And when you talk about the difference between acute stress, which we are very wired for, which is yeah. quick emergency, but we know it's going to end soon mm-hmm. versus chronic stress, like the pandemic, mm-hmm. like, wow, this was supposed to be six weeks and now it's two years. And I think that we can only handle stress for so long before people throw their hands up and they're like, never forget it. And it's almost like, this denial comes in, like mm-hmm. we just can't deal with it anymore. So let's just pretend it doesn't exist. Or so getting back to the fear thing, I actually on social media called out my colleagues that I saw stirring up fear in people with the immediate um, jump to conspiracy theory when we didn't know. We didn't know this was really early. Like we had just locked down, I think in yeah. California and already the voices were loud on social media. If you were following them at the time and I called out publicly called out my colleagues for doing the one thing that they know is absolutely the most unhealthy thing you could do to a person, which is hyperstimulate the nervous system, create inflammation, create, you know, inflammation doesn't just occur throughout our bodies. You know, I mean, it puts us at risk for heart attacks, early dementia, stroke. So I was like, wait, are you really like a, are you really a help promoting health here? Or what is, what is this? This is something I'm not familiar with and I, I won't jump on that bandwagon either way. You know, it's interesting, Kelly, as as you're sharing here, a thought is dancing, waltzing through my mind of how the universe works. Here mm. you are, um, you know, creating these retreats and share with us the name of these retreats you're creating. Yes. Um, she Dares, which are retreats for individuals. Uh, women and they dare, which are in uh, retreats designed for small groups, corporate teams, families, or just groups of people that want to get together and optimize their health um, and have an amazing time together and really challenge themselves um, with, you know, emotional courage, physical courage. Um, and one of the things that that's the cornerstone of these retreats is that I really do teach people how to shift their metabolism into fat burning physiology, because, you know, the obesity epidemic, Judith, I got to tell you, it hasn't gone away. It's still getting worse. So yeah. So that's always the front door that people come through is fat loss and weight loss. Um, but then what they find is that those are symptoms and the root causes are much deeper and much more interesting than the yes. physiology. Yes. And you say it was never about weight loss. No. It was I, never I, about that. No. Yeah. And I, you know, I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine and she said, you know, in in Italy, she was traveling around Italy. She said, you just don't see, you know, obesity like you do in America. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what I think? I think the one of the main root causes of obesity and dis-ease in America is fear. Well, here's what I think is interesting for you on a personal level. An interesting way that the universe seems to work yeah. is here you are presenting and teaching and working with people on courage and bravery and fear and those things. And the universe is serving you with an opportunity to experience that yourself. 
So there you are. So it's not like you're on the mountaintop teaching. No, it's not a a mountaintop teaching. It's a you are in the valley having your own experience of the very thing that you're guiding people through. Mm -hmm. So it's a very authentic experience for you, perhaps on a different level. Uh, then people are, I mean, you're not dealing with obesity and, and pers- personally, those kind of issues. Uh-huh. Your, your, your courage and bravery and, and those issues are on a different level. But, yes. but that's because of um, the onion has been peeling for, for decades, yeah. right? So yeah. that was, you know, when you were reading my bio, Judith, and you were talking about she was a fitness competitor. Yeah. And uh, that back then it was for me that I was at the level of my body, the body. Yeah. And yeah. that's where I meet people because that's where I was. I was 20, 28 years old when I realized that. I was living, like, I was consumed by my own fitness, my own health, my own weight, my own, my own, my own, my own. Um, And when I did my very last fitness competition in 1992, I walked off the stage, I walked out of the gym, I cut my hair short, I had very long blonde hair, I cut all of my hair off, and I moved to the beach, and that was when my, I think my transformational journey began. And I, ha- I met a 40 year old woman. And back then I was like, oh my God, she's 40. She's so old. <laughs> and um, she became my unofficial mentor at the time. Coaching wasn't a thing. Otherwise she oh, could have no. asked me for my credit card, but coaching yeah. wasn't a thing. But she took me under her wing and I was 28. She was 40. And she said, um, you're in your Saturn return. So of course this is happening. Of course, I'd never heard of that. I did not know what that was, but Mm -hmm. what she did for me was something that no one else in my life had the awareness or the ability to do. And that was to see me not as someone who was broken, but as someone who was transforming. Mm -hmm. And in that, you know, in those moments of, of, of big shifts, it looks really messy. Oh, it it is messy, isn't it? Oh my God. It it's is messy. messy. Yeah. And so today, the things that I'm dancing with are fear. The second thing I got to play with, uh, it, none of this was play, by oh, it is play, but it doesn't feel fun, just so you know, <laughs> was the difference between solitude and loneliness. So I'm here by myself. Um, you know, so I went through a hurricane without, you know, I've spent my whole life in relationships. I've been married for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to that, I mean, I, I've had a boyfriend since I was 15. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was like to even walk down the street in a foreign country without a man next to me. I was like, why do I feel so safe in the world? It's like, because <laughs> you've always had a man next to you mm-hmm. may, helping you feel safe. So there were things I never needed to consider. Yeah. You know, and I didn't realize that I, I wouldn't, I, I don't want to use the word used men because I didn't do that, but I always had a man as a buffer. You rely, did you rely on it? I did. Now that I'm looking back, I did just for my, my confidence. Yeah. I can go anywhere. I can do anything as long as he's walking with me. Right. <laughs> so dancing with, um, 
uh, solitude and lo- how solitude and loneliness are not the same thing. Of course not. Yeah. And something that I wrote in my journal. What? Well, yeah, we're not on video, so you can't see. Otherwise, I was going to show you. Is the morning after Nora. I was getting a lot of texts from my, always my female friends asking, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And I drew a picture of a heart. And on the outside of the heart, I wrote, the storm is not in here. Mm. The storm is not in my heart like it used to be. Mm. The storm is out there. And now I know the difference. Talk about the difference. The storm that was in your heart before in the past was the storm uh, is is that the storm that you're referring to when you talk about that you always had someone you were always accompanied in the world in your life fear I think the storm the storm for me that is representing fear these hurricanes are like big balls of fear um (laughs) real and not real and you know, growing up as a woman, period, right? You know, we learn, most of us, me, I won't, I'll, I'm only going to speak for myself. You know, I learned very early that um, there are dangerous things out there and dangerous people out there. Yeah. And one of the probably spoken and unspoken messages in my house that I got from my mom was once you have a man in your life, you won't worry about these things. So she, she would tell me stories. My mom used to work for um, physicians at Stanford University. So she worked for a group of pediatricians and she would share with me. And I was, I think about the things that my mom would tell me. And I'm like, you know, mom, you needed boundaries. <laughs> I didn't need to know a lot of that stuff. Um, but she, she really imparted a lot of her fear and, and passed it on to me. And a lot of her stories were about things that would happen when my dad, before she met my dad or when my dad wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And my dad was in the story. My dad was always the hero and he was always the rescuer and he'd always sweep in and save her from the perpetrator. And so I got the message early that like, if you don't have a man by your side, like you're in danger. When people come to you, I mean, you were talking earlier about, what your your mentor asked you, what is it that people really get when they work with you? And mm-hmm. um, one of the things you say is that you understand deeply what your clients face when they set out to take back their health and their lives. You say it's a decision to wake up and the daily commitment to stay awake mm-hmm. so that really the opposite of waking up is what it's it's being numbed out isn't it it's being yeah. asleep it's being uh-huh. numbed out and you you're kind of on a mission to wake people up to the kind of the um this cult, this american culture that has taught and trained and conditioned people to around sickness and being unhealthy and just take this pill and, uh-huh. you know, talk to your doctor and this, this whole yeah. disease orientation that we're in that we just kind of people, most people take just kind of flow into it and take it. Well, this is how it is. 
I hear people talk about getting older. Well, it's just normal and natural that you're going to begin oh. to deteriorate and degenerate and you're going to oh have my cognitive God. issues. I hear people say yeah. this to me all the time and I'm like, no, yeah. thank you. It oh is my not God. that. Yeah. So if you want to watch, I don't know if you've ever watched this show on Netflix. I just got into it and I'm so, I'm so late to the party. I love it because I love the actors, but it's called, um, Grace and Frankie. It's Jane Fonda and oh, yeah. Uh, Lily a, Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Yeah. I've seen a couple, okay. a few episodes. Yeah. Okay. I, so I love it. It's a great show at the same time. Every single, every single episode, there's lots and lots of alcohol. So there, there's just many places we can go with this conversation. But this is the the numbing of America is what we're experiencing. There's a great book, by the way. I didn't write it. I wish I did. But it's called Dopamine Nation. Mm. It's yeah. a, uh, a really excellent book written by a psychiatrist. And she gives examples of her patients and, and, and just what's happened in America. So the numbing and dumbing of America is really what she talks about. But so in Grace and Frankie, they're like 70 they're 70, maybe, yeah. maybe 72. And yeah. oh my God, the conversations they have about being old, right? They're like, oh, I'm old. My back hurt. Like all the stereotypical yeah. things happen. Like they fall down and can't get up because they're old. And they're, I'm like, oh my God, they're 70. We are being trained and yes. indoctrinated yes. into aging poorly early. Yep. But not dying. Right. Because if you die, you're no longer a consumer (laughs) of the things that they'd like, we'd like to, you know, sell you. Um, but yeah, it's like the, the most, the, the, the best American is the one who lives the longest, but lives the longest, the sickest. Cause then you're, you're a cash machine right? For insurance companies and for, I mean, we are the only country, I think, I believe, unless Canada is now allowing it, uh, I'm not sure, but I believe that we are still maybe the only country that allows pharmaceutical companies to direct market to the consumer via television. Oh, is that right? In ads. You do not see that. If you're, you, you do not see uh, pharmaceutical commercials on TV in Denmark or Norway, or Sweden. It's, it's absolutely not allowed. Um, That's so why they're so healthy. Yeah. Well, and Americans are being trained, you know, it's like the, so feeling this way, feeling that way, feeling this way, ask your doctor about yeah. blah, blah, yeah. blah, you know, fill in the no blank. Words. Yeah. And now, I mean, we I won't even go into the, the, you know, the weight loss drug craze that we are in right now, but, um, you know, these, these diabetes drugs that are being used for weight loss. It's like, we are, Americans are being, we've been trained and taught very well to sacrifice our well-being and our health for things that are not of real value. We're more obese than we've ever been. Yes. We're more stressed than we've ever been. We're more anxious than we've ever been. We're, yeah. we're less healthy than we've ever been. So what is it that you bring 
to your work with people that supports them to shift all of that? Because these are enormous things. They are enormous things. And um, the first thing that I learned is to meet people where they're at and remember that my job is not to demonize anything, including pharmaceuticals, uh, including, you know, food. People people are where they are, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think um, depending on the person, like I, I'll take a different approach, right? A more gentle, easing into it approach or maybe like a sledgehammer, like let this, let's get this handled approach. But I'll use I'll use words that were given to me when I was really worried about closing my third chiropractic practice that was thriving, by the way, in Solana Beach. Um, And that was another moment people were like, she's crazy. She's in menopause now. She's losing her ever love and mind. You have everything you've ever wanted and you're going to close your chiropractic practice and you're going to do what online? On the internet? What is this thing you're doing? Um, Another chiropractor said to me, you're going to have to let go of your modality. So our modalities, if I use this word in a broad sense that I was going to ask, yes, includes all of us, right? So for me as a chiropractor, my modalities were everything I would use to help a patient get well, whether that was a chiropractic adjustment or a supplement or this or that, Mm -hmm. that is really still the medical model. It's like, you need to be fixed. So here, let me fix you with this thing, this pill, this it's, you know, uh, functional medicine can really go down that rabbit hole very quickly. Um, Just with natural approaches, right? It's just, it's now not a pharmaceutical, it's a vitamin. Mm -hmm. Same mindset though. If we apply that to all of us, it's like, are you willing to let go of your modalities, meaning all of the things that you've been relying on outside of yourself to make you feel a way you want to feel that's different than how you feel right now? So everybody wants to feel brave. Everybody wants to feel courageous. But where are you going to get that from? If we also remember to let go of our modalities, and I think you and I, this is where we meet, Mm -hmm. is that comfort is going to come from inside you, not from, this is just my point of view. Yes, yes. Not from sitting in ice water for five minutes. (laughs) The only place it's going to come from is inside. You know? So it's like letting go of your modalities. I mean, especially you guys, God, when we look out on the internet, it's like, seriously, can we all stop trying to prove like bravery and courage is not something you need to prove to other people, right? It's not, look what I did. I'm so brave. The bravest moments of your life are going to be in solitude and they're going to look like nothing is happening. Totally. 100%. So letting go of the modalities is very threatening to people because it doesn't look good on Instagram, (laughs) right? It's not flashy. It's not like, look at me. It's uh, real bravery and real courage is very quiet. There's there's another thought that keeps popping through my head and Mm -hmm. I've been... I've been looking for a way to weave it into this conversation and I haven't found a way. So I'm just going to take a hard left turn. Okay. If it's all right with you. Yes. And um, one of the things that I 
see when I work with people who are dealing with body issues, our worthiness issues, not courage issues, but worthiness issues. Like they don't feel worthy to have their life be the way they want it to be. They don't feel worthy to feel good about themselves exactly how they are. They don't feel worthy to have a body that is um, healthy and strong and and vibrant and all of that. And I can see by which our uh, which our listeners cannot see, but I can see by your facial expressions you've got some thoughts about that. I'm curious what they are. Yes, and here's where we're gonna we're gonna agree to disagree on that. Oh, good, good. That has not been my experience with people. I believe that it's deeper than that. And I believe it's weight is, so body fat is mass, Mm -hmm. right? It's mass, just like my phone, just like my bones, Mm -hmm. everything is mass and everything has energy. Yes. Body fat energetically is very slow Mm -hmm. and it's very dense. So electricity, you know, we use, um, we use things that uh, include sending it. It sounds like shock therapy, but it's not like sending electricity is how you find out what your bone density is and what your percent body fat. And all of that is, is we literally send like low level electricity through our mass, our matter, excuse me, our matter. And electricity travels very fast through water. It's highly conductive, very fast through bone, highly conductive, very fast through healthy organ tissue, highly conductive, skeletal muscles, highly conductive, um, body fat, electricity slows way down. So here's my point of view on this. And it's, oh, I love it. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> it's very different than yours. I think we make assumptions about fat people. And I'll tell you, I know a lot of fat people who would really argue with you about the worthiness conversation. Oprah Winfrey is probably one of them. And several, all of my mentors are obese women. It's kind of funny. Most of them, not all of them. Sorry, if you're listening, mentors. (laughs) But I believe that especially women have used the dense energy of body fat to ground themselves. The more... Um, hmm. the more intuitive, the more spiritual, the more esoteric, the more of this other world, and this is the new beyond, women that I know tend to carry more body fat. And I don't think it's a worthiness thing. I, I really think that that is a, um, it's a level, right? That's, that would be like an emotional um I don't feel like I like I deserve to look good or I don't feel like I deserve to feel good. I don't that do, I, that doesn't ring true in my experience with my clients. That could be that I'm attracting a different type of person or a different person. Well, I think I, it's an interesting point you're 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 going at here. Yeah. I um so you're 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 saying see cuz I would say they use body fat to protect themselves because so there's fear and fear is a very slow, dense frequency mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, frequency. 
But you're right. saying they use it to ground themselves. Because yeah, and but then there there's the there's the there's the the price that gets that's paid for it, right? So yes, is it an effective tool? It slows energy down, right? So it slows energy down that's coming in as well. Mm-hmm. And we're living in a world that's highly like you know, if you're a highly sensitive person or you're a highly intuitive person, like this, this world we live in that was not, we're not designed for can feel very overwhelming and could right. be very overwhelming. So on one hand, body fat is an effective tool, but the downside is it's also not good for us, right? So there's a price that we pay. So I think that I like that point of view better than yours because (laughs) it is a higher vibration point of view. I, I, I really don't want to be a voice in anyone's head telling them that you must not feel worthy. I don't want to be that voice. Oh, I would never be that voice. That's not the voice that I am. That's the voice that I hear from them. Mm. That's what okay. they say. That's what, they say. that's what they say. But I think they say that because someone else told them that. I think it's an assumption that we made. Like, think about all of the labels that we put on fat women. And that's, I'm purposely using the word fat women because yeah. it's a little bit more disruptive than obese people, right? Yes, yes. The la- we, don't put, we don't put labels on obese people. We put labels on fat women. So what are they? No self-esteem, not confident, um, not, 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 people pleaser, all the things, right? And it's like, is the unworthiness label just another label that we're putting on fat women? What if we shifted the perspective because perspective, shifting your perspective is everything, right? Like what, what feels more empowering to you to come into a coaching call feeling like, okay, we're going to have to talk about my worthiness issues because that's why I'm fat. Or would you rather come into a coaching call and talk about your um, ability to release this zone of safety that you've needed and created around yourself so that you can be a more highly sensitive, even more highly intuitive um, and, and serve at a higher level, right? Because if you're slowing energy down that's coming in, guess what? You're also slowing down the energy that wants to go out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? Oh, well, so, I, if, if I'm going to choose, I'm going to I'm going to choose the one for the word grounded or the word unworthy. Yes. And safety for human beings is a um, nervous system stat- state. So there's the zone of safety, Right where the nervous system can stay relaxed. And then there's the sympathetic response, which goes into fight or flight and then fawn, freeze or flop, and then back down into safety. So we're living in not safety most of the time, our nervous system. Yes. So then here's the coaching, right? So yes, of course, do we have great food plans that help facilitate the releasing of body fat? Yes. Do we have incredible movement plans that facil- that help that? Yes, of course, of course, of course. And what if the first thing you got to do is look at your life and look at where can I create more real safety? Where am I looking for safety where there is none? So now you get to start looking at your relationships, like who's in the house with you, 
right? Your job, you get to start looking at the life that you're living in every day and look for where am I safe? Where am I really potentially not safe? I mean, a lot of people are not safe in their own homes. They're in emotionally unhealthy, um, threatening relationships, right? Then this is where courage comes in, right? Yes. Okay. Now, uh, now I am making the connection because if I am, if I am surviving, if my experience is one of surviving in the face of threat and, and, and lack of safety, then the antidote for that is courage to develop my courage and the courage to step into being brave as you. And that brings us to the work that you're doing with people. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you one of my, my bravest experiences in my life, which is interesting because it would have looked like the opposite to other people. The bravest experiences in my life have been staying in a 25 year marriage and going to a Gottman intensive, which is why I take such a stand for three day retreats and intensives, because you can, you can experience quantum transformational leaps in a very short period of time with a um, highly qualified facilitator and the right environment and the right people and the right intention. There have been several times when, uh, you know, leaving my marriage and uh, dissolving my marriage looked like the brave move, but I'll tell you what, it wasn't. Yeah. I'm a good lever, Judith. (laughs) I am a flight risk. I, I mean, or I used to be up until now. I mean, leaving was easy for me. It just looks scary to other people. And how many times, so that's a good thing to think about. Cause I, I actually know a lot of people who are endurance athletes, right. <laughs> and they're like, you know, look at, I did, I climbed or, you know, mountain climbers. I live in Tahoe, like extreme athletes. They're mm-hmm. in their comfort zone when they're bungee jumping. Yes. Yeah. Right? They're in their comfort zone when they're bungee jumping, ask them to stay home with their family for six months and not travel and not go anywhere. That's fucking scary. Yeah. So, you know, you, you get to find your brave and you're not going to find it on Instagram. You're going to see somebody else's version of maybe it's their brave. And you know what? I had a thought the other day and if I didn't have an internet based business, I would do it. I had a thought. I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to take a social media sabbatical for a year. No Facebook, no Instagram, no looking at it either. Like no looking at it, no being on it, not even having it. (gasps) That struck fear in my heart. (laughs) What did I do? I immediately posted a picture on Instagram. That takes bravery and courage to a whole new level. I know. I was like, I don't want to be irrelevant. I don't want to be irrelevant. Oh, Kelly... You know, we could go on and on and on Maybe forever. Well. This is this is a this is definitely a conversation that gets to have a part two to it at some point in time. <laughs> I want to thank you so yeah. much. I want to oh. thank you so much for being here with us. I absolutely adore you. You are such a gift. And um, one thing, you do have a Facebook group, right? I do. Um, I have a Facebook group. It's called Fast Track Lifestyler. 
So Fast Track to Fat Loss is the name of my signature six-week Get the 20 pounds of fat off your body. So fast track lifestyler. And you'd have to, um, I don't even know if it's public. You'd ha- you have to ask to be yeah. invited in. Um, and then my website, Judith, is super easy. It's my name, Kelly yeah. Rutley. I just, I want to say thank you. Um, I One of the best conversations I've ever had was with in my life was one that I had with you. And it was a a moment when you and I were having lunch and I said, kind of out of nowhere, right. We're talking superficial stuff. And I said, you know what I said? So, and I knew you were the person I could ask. I said, sometimes I'm walking around the lake, like in Lake Tahoe, or I just look around at my surroundings and I'm like in awe, just in awe. And I think to myself, did I die? And this is heaven. And I just, don't know that I died. And you said to me, I live in that state. I live there. And that was when I think our conversation really started. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, Mm -hmm. I have always, even before you and I actually got to meet each other, I always knew that we would. I knew for several years that we would get the opportunity. I got, I was so grateful to have the opportunity to be coached by you. And that, you know, you've been a instrumental part of this quantum leap in my transformation. You really were one of the first people that um, really uh, saw something in me and in my life that you were able to identify and see and then speak to, which is way outside of the world of the mechanics of my life and more just everything about like who you get to be in this lifetime. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for that. I mean, you are a woman who is so incredibly, talk about brave. Uh, you are a woman who radiates courage, who radiates life. But I am so proud of who you have become and who you are in the world and what you are creating. I cannot wait to see what the next chapters bring forth. So I want to thank you. I want to thank you so much for being my guest and spending time with us here um, on the new beyond. And thank you listeners for being with us as well. Until next time, many blessings. Our theme music was written and performed by Ken Ashby and produced by Gopal Metro. My thanks to both of them. And my thanks to you, dear listeners, for being here with us in the new beyond. If you're willing, I have a little extra credit homework assignment for you. Please mosey on over to Apple or Spotify and show us some love. I'd be so appreciative if you did. Like some stars or some nice words. Till then, see you next time. Tomorrow is not up to someone else. The hope you have is hope that you can trust. The truth is that the future is up to each of us. Each of us can build. Each of us can teach and reach inside. We can guide. And what we leave is up to each of us.